So no, you might not be lame. But how many of you know, whenever the situation is bad enough, we're all paralyzed? You realize that, right? That it doesn't matter what the situation is. If it's bad enough, you're paralyzed. Emotionally, you're paralyzed. Physically, you're paralyzed. Mentally, you're paralyzed. Spiritually, you reach a point where there's a trauma in your life. There's a problem in your life. There's a situation in your life. And, and, and you're paralyzed. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. You, and you can't seem to do anything. And Jesus says to the man laying on the mat who's paralyzed, do you want to be made well? Again, in our culture, it has to be extremely sarcastic. I don't know. I haven't researched this verse in their culture. So I'm just using it as if it was in ours. Then it would be extremely sarcastic. Do you want me to be made whole? Let's walk up to a guy in a wheelchair. Do you want me to fix your legs? Of course I want you to fix my legs. Notice what he says. Notice what the guy says in the next verse. The sick man answered him. Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool. Notice he didn't answer the question. He already had a pre-rehearsed excuse as to why he wasn't whole. He already had a pre-rehearsed argument to tell Jesus of why he was still in the condition he was in. You want to know what I find to be the saddest part of living as a spirit-filled believer today is the pre-rehearsed excuses we give Jesus. The reasons we tell Jesus things aren't happening. The reason we tell Jesus why our marriage isn't better, why our family isn't better, why our emotions aren't better, why we're still battling this, the reasons we give him. He says, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Don't move yet. Sir, I have no man. What this guy didn't realize is he was standing on more truth than anybody else at the pool. Sir, I have no man to help me get in the pool. Hear me out. The sooner that we realize that there is no man that's going to help you get through what you got to get through, the sooner that you realize that there is no person, there is no no no. Uh, concoction of emotionally well-being people that can get around you to defeat your anxiety there is no amount of invitations that can change your depression there's no amount of fun that you can have to take away your heartache when we finally come to the realization that there is no man nor man-made effort that can bring the healing and the freedom and the deliverance that we are longing for we finally reach a place of being able to receive from God so when Jesus stands up and he asks the man, do you want to be made well? What he's really asking is, are you tired of trusting in men? That's what he's really asking. Are you tired of trusting in men? Are you finished with trusting in men? I don't know about you, but I, I genuinely think this. And the more I talk to missionaries from overseas, the more I agree with this. That the richness of our culture hinders our faith. The resources that we have here hinder our faith. Here's what I mean by that. I was at a conference in 2018. Uh, if you serve Jesus long enough, and if you've been serving a long time, you know what I mean. You have watermark moments in your life. When you go to an event, you go to a conference, you go somewhere, and Jesus just meets you and blows your mind in every way, shape, or form. And it's a watermark moment that you look back to and say, I am different because of what God did that day. I am different because of what God did in Orlando in 2008 in my life. There's a, a, 
pastor, prophet, person, I don't remember what his title was, who cares, that came from Africa. And he's preaching. And he, he had very broken English. And he essentially insulted the room for 45 minutes. It was glorious. But he stands up. And this is what he says. And I'm not going to try and do the broken accent. He says, do you know why your children are bound? Do you know why your marriages are the way they are? Do you know why sickness fills your congregations? And this is what he says. Because you don't know how to pray. He says, in Africa, we pray or we die. We pray or we don't eat. There is no other option. And he even says, I'm thankful for the resources in America because it helps us do great things. But I am glad that I don't have access to them without you because I would trust you too much. I would trust the resources too much. We could pick up the phone. We can Google and find 47 different people to go sit down and talk to. We could find 40 different different social groups and pick from 10 different churches to go sit down and find which one makes us feel the most comfortable, makes our kids feel the most comfortable, has the right kind of worship, has the right kind of settings. Oh, we can do all these different things and we have all these reaches at our hand, yet we have all the benefits and we're still bound, we're still defeated, and nobody's walking in what I see in the Bible as true New Testament authority. And Jesus is standing up and he's saying, do you want to be made well? And Jesus finally says, I mean, the man says, I have no man. I want to let you know this morning, I don't know where your situation is. I don't know who I'm talking to because I, I had a decent little message I thought this morning. It was nice. I had some alliteration in it. I had some good points, some definitions. I was kind of excited to preach it. I was looking forward to it and I didn't get to. And I'm a little bummed, but let's just go with it. I'll preach it another time, I guess. But I don't know who this is for, but I feel that Jesus is asking this morning, do you want to be made well? And you keep saying, I don't have a man. Not necessarily, I don't have a, like a boo thing. I don't have a method. I don't have a man-made method. I don't have a man-made solution. I don't have the right plan or the right strategy. I don't, I don't have it. Look at the next verse. Y'all, Jesus is so, if I was a youth pastor, I'd say Jesus is so gangster, but I'm not. I'm not going to say that. Look at the next verse. Go to verse 8. Jesus said to him, remember, the last thing Jesus tells him is, do you want to be made well? Look at the next thing Jesus says. He's so sarcastic. Rise, take your bed, and walk. Jesus tells a lame man, rise, take your bed, and walk. Jesus looks at a man who cannot walk and says, get up and walk. Now you got to understand something. Jesus is saying this, and this guy has been laying by the pool for 38 years, waiting to have someone help him in the pool. And Jesus says, rise and take your mat and walk. When Jesus asks him if he wanted to be made whole, the man begins to give him all the reasons why he can't. Jesus ignores the excuses. I want to let you know something. This is if your prayer time is only filled with your complaints and excuses, God is not listening. He's not. You wonder how I know that? Because he ignored his. He doesn't even acknowledge it. 
Sometimes our prayer sessions are nothing but woe is me. God, my life is so bad. Y'all, we're born again, filled with the Spirit of God. No weapon formed against me can prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me. The same spirit raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And I've not been given a spirit of fear. What do you mean? Our prayer time should be nothing but praise and worship. If we're going to be totally honest. What more should we ask for? What more is there to want? My sins have been forgiven. I've been washed white as snow. My eternity is found safe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. What do you mean I need to ask for more things? The audacity. Yet we get in there and we complain. And we wonder why we don't feel the presence of God. Because it doesn't say that God inhabits the the complaints of his people. It says God inhabits the praises of his people. If we would change the way our prayer sounds, he might change the way our prayer feels. Cliff always says my no-note sermons are better. Jesus says, rise up, take your mat and walk. He tells the man to do the one thing he's always wanted to do. The one thing he cannot do in and of himself. The one thing that is actually impossible for him to do. Do that. You know why? I don't know if you know this about Jesus, but Jesus Jesus really, 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 really wants to make sure that he and his Father and the Holy Spirit get the glory. So what he will do is he will put you in the most ridiculous, unbelievably complex, complicated situations. I am the worst thing to ever happen to a toolbox and my church building is completely falling apart every 15 minutes. If Pastor Jared was the pastor, the building would be fine. Y'all think I'm kidding. Adam comes in on Wednesday and he says, hey, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, there's more damage. I'm like, what's left? Another AC unit leak. We got another ceiling falling in. This is glorious. You know why it's glorious? Because I know I can't fix it. I know I can. Jesus tells the man, take up your bed and walk. Notice what happened. Immediately, the man was made well. But check this out. Y'all, this is so good. He was made well before he walked. He was made before he stepped. But when did he know he was made well? When he stepped. Some of you are waiting for God to move in your life. God already has. You just haven't walked in it yet. You haven't walked in it yet. I'm leaning for breakthrough. I'm leaning for breakthrough. It's been broken through. Walk in it. And some of you, I understand you're waiting for a tangible, like 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 last week we spoke about, we spoke over people with dealing with infertility and we declared that I get all that. I understand you're like waiting for the, the whatever the sign is in the test, the plus sign, the two lines, I never remember because they're all different, right? Those things, right? You're waiting for those. I understand that. What I am going to say to you is, is while you're waiting for that to happen, you can still walk in the victory of it. And the victory of it is thanking God for something that he's already done. He just hadn't got here yet. But we don't want to do that because we want it to go our way. We want to see it first. Well, this man didn't see his healing first. Immediately he was made well and then he walked. I'm telling you, some of you, you're sitting on your hands in praise and worship when you should have your hands up in praise and worship if you believe he actually moved. But see, it reveals the real issue. 
The real issue is that we trust the system of the man helping us into the pool more than we trust God who created the man and the pool. We trust the system. We don't, well, man's method isn't working. Maybe, it's, I'm not, it's not infertility, it's across the board, right? Take it as you need it. Maybe it's because God doesn't want you to use man's method. God wants to blow your mind supernaturally so you can testify for the next 40, 50 years of your life of what God did when there was no way, he made a way. When there was no rivers in the desert, he made a river. When there was no freedom, when there was no other option, Jesus showed up. I'm telling you, I'm believing that we're living in a day and a time where people do not want, God did great things and also. What, we're, what, what I believe we need to see is more supernatural testimonies that make no sense outside of the power of God. But the problem is, is that we're trusting man too much. We're, we're trusting the situation too much. We're trusting the process too much. When Jesus tells this man, do you want to be made well? Jesus ignores his complaints and says, get up and take your bed and walk. few minutes ago we had an altar call and the people came up and we prayed for them that was not planned that's not scripted the Lord gave me a, a vision for one of the ladies I was praying for I'm not going to say who it was but I'll tell you what it was because I believe it applies for more than one, per, one person here when I walked up to her I started praying for her and the Lord showed me that she's looking at a concrete wall like a big thick nasty black wall but you know you got those winter coats that they got the zipper and then they got the buttons that go over the zipper. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Well, the Holy Spirit told me that she wasn't looking at a big giant concrete wall. She's looking at a wall, but what was the real deal, the zipper was hidden by the button flap. And so all the Holy Spirit had to do was move the buttons and unzip the thing. She's trying to knock it down and pray that it falls when it's just a zipper. See, we gotta understand something. We have so much more authority on the inside of us than we would ever care to realize. We'd ever care to walk in. We'd ever care to test. You don't test. This guy here had to test. He had to get up and walk. He had to get up. He had to act. He had to do something. Stop telling me you're believing God to move if you're not acting in the belief. Don't do it because you're not. I'm not. I'm being stretched so much right now. I'm being tested so much right now. My only goal is to make sure that I'm walking in faith. That's the only goal. The moment that Chris starts walking in Chris, it's going to get bad quick. So I'm just trying to make sure that I'm terrified the entire time. Because a really good sign of you walking in faith is you're scared. It's a really good way to figure it out. Immediately, he got up and, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Check this out. Last thing I'll say. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured. Please emphasize the word who was cured. This man had been laying for 38 years. He's laying in, 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 the, in the pool of Bethesda. The Jewish leaders, the rabbis, the scribes had been there. They knew he was there. They, like this, he was a regular occurrence. The pool is there. Yet they had nothing to offer him. They had nothing to give this man to help his situation nor did they even try to help push him in the pool. He says, the Jews said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. 
the religious spirit will always find something wrong with how your victory looks. Always. It will always find something wrong with what your victory looks like. Always. Oh, you, you shouldn't be doing that. It's too expensive. You shouldn't be doing that. It, it, it's not smart. It's not wise. You shouldn't be, oh, shut up. I'm doing what Jesus told me to do. Look what he says. He who made me well said to me, take your bed and walk. I don't need to go any further. He who made me well. I don't need any other explanation than he who made me well. Because it doesn't matter what you try to argue about my method. When I'm walking in victory, I'm walking in victory. It doesn't matter how God chose to do it. What matters is that God did it. You can criticize the victory all you want, but you're criticizing the thing you couldn't give me. You're criticizing the thing the doctors couldn't give me. You're criticizing the thing the self-help groups couldn't give me. You're criticizing the thing that all my friends couldn't give me. Why? Because Jesus creates a way where there is no way. But first, he's got to get you to a position to realize there is no other way. But back to the beginning. Do you want to be made well? Jesus asked the man if he was interested in being made whole. If he was willing to be made whole. Think, usually we ask God in, in, in the flip. We're asking God, are you willing to make me well? We go to him, are you willing to do this? This is flip. Jesus, are you willing? There's so much power in this. That's why I refer to it all the time. And I genuinely believe that this passage has something to do with the type of church that God's about to bring us into. That there's going to be a pool of Bethesda-like atmosphere here. That when the water is stirred, people get healed. People get delivered. People get set free. But the pool of Bethesda is not an actual water. It's when the presence of God fills the room. And I'm believing that there's going to be such an atmosphere in here, when the, in here, wherever we are, right? Wherever the in here is for you and I, that there's such an atmosphere in here that the drug addict walks in addicted and walks out clean. Not just sober, but clean. When marriages walk in with wife on one side of the building and the husband on the other, and they walk out holding hands, can't wait to get on their second honeymoon. Like, I'm talking about that type of radical, supernatural transformation where a 38-year lame man gets up and carries his mat right through the crowd of religious people. That's what I'm believing for, for such supernatural power and signs and wonders. But it does not happen unless we're willing. This man wouldn't have gotten healed if he wouldn't have been willing. What does willingness look like? Jesus said to him, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed. I'm going to tell you this right now. Whatever you believe in God for, those of you that came to the front this morning, whatever God did in your life this morning, I'm going to ask you a question. What, what response of obedience do you have when you get up from the seat you're in? What response is there? What step of obedience is there? Pastor Chris, I've done everything I know to do. Ask him, what else is there? What, what obedience can I give you? What offering can I give you? 
We have to remember that the kingdom is large. And so God may have you sow something in one area to reap in another. Your breakthrough in finances might be helping clean the church. You won't know how or why, but that's what God says to do. Because it's not a matter of how God's actually going to make it happen. It's a matter of are you obedient to do what he tells you to do. For example, I'm just going to throw this out there. Again, I have no notes, none for this. Christian Fellowship Church has a summer camp every year. They use all the rooms that we use. Except they don't use it like we use it on Sundays. So every Sunday after church, we have to take down our entire children's church facility, put it to the side, and set up for their summer camp. And then every Saturday evening, we have to come in and make it children's church again for Sunday. And I do not want to ask, well, not do not, I'm not going to ask our children's church workers who already watch our kids on Sunday to do that. So I need 25 volunteers to sign up and say, I will be involved in this. It's on the app. You can go to it. You can check it. You can find out. 25 volunteers. Why? So that way you only got to do it once, maybe twice. What's a Saturday? And there'll be a time set up and you show up and you help do it. And it's great. And we rejoice to the Lord. And you might be saying, why do I want to give up a Saturday? I don't know. Do you want to be made well? Pastor Chris, what does it have to do? I don't know. That's just how the kingdom works. I have no answer for that question. Why, how does it connect? I don't know. It's, it connects because of obedience. When God says do something, you do it. Regardless of if it makes sense or not. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I'm going to ask you. Do you want to be made well? And if so, what's your step of obedience? tell you this I think one of the the lines that I'm going to go write down from this sermon that I didn't know I was preaching today is that we need to change the sound of our prayer but if you're here this morning you're believing for God to move in your life in a specific way stand to your feet can I get the band back up here